0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Even if our self-worth is on point with the person who matters the most, the person who we are, that we lay naked with at night, that's where we are most vulnerable. And yet, instead of stepping into that, we do all these things to protect ourselves. And it's all the things that we do to to protect ourselves that becomes the sort of war within the relationship.
0: Hi, my cheeky friends, and welcome to the Half Naked Podcast. So, on this show, I love talking about lingerie, stripping my guests down to reveal what they love to wear, and have these intimate and vulnerable conversations with them about their lives and their relationships. So, I'm very excited about today's guest, Jillian Turecki, because she is a relationship coach and teacher. Jillian is certified by the Robbins-Madana Center for Strategic Intervention. She offers private coaching and online courses helping you improve your interpersonal relationships and the relationship you have with yourself. We talk a lot about fear and how it is such a common issue in a lot of relationships and whether that's fear of not being enough or fear of intimacy. And I had a personal realization about this recently, understanding the fears that my partner has allowed me to lead with more empathy and grace instead of being defensive and ironically displacing my own fear in the process. This past year has tested a lot of relationships and you might be looking for ways to improve your partnership or if you've been single, lockdowns are lifting this summer and you might be looking to meet someone new. I loved this episode with Jillian. It gives so much information and insight on ways to effectively communicate and break negative patterns and cycles and offers tips to become more emotionally fit. Please welcome Jillian Torecki to the Half Naked Podcast. Listen up, my cheeky listeners. I wanna tell you about a lingerie line I am loving right now called The Under Argument. And now until the end of May, you can get 20% off with code half naked. Each collection for the Underargument is an argument against the norm. This female-owned line showcases different types of women in their campaigns with unretouched, unedited images, which I love. And each piece is named and labeled after an empowering quote to remind the wearer to embrace their individuality. A favorite of mine is the long line triangle bra with the high waist brief. The bra is stunning and is perfect for underwear or outerwear. Check out the under argument and for the month of May, you'll get 20% off with code half naked. I'm gonna start by asking you the question I ask everybody when they come on the show. Could you please tell me what kind of underwear you're wearing right now?
1: Right now, (laughs) I am wearing hanky-panky, thong, Mm -hmm. black lace, which is like all of it is black lace or not. It's not all black, but it's lace.
0: Such a standard brand. Women (laughs) love the
1: brand. And it's so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm wearing right now.
0: Is that your go-to?
1: You know, for many, many years, my go-to was always Casabella. And that was just like the underwear that me and like basically all my friends wore. (laughs) It was like always Casabella. And then of recent years it's been hangy panky just because I find them so comfortable and they're low on the hip and I just like to wear underwear and thongs that are low on the hip.
0: Yeah, I was I'm definitely a Costabella girl and I was growing up and I always say it's because of sex in the city for sure. But, oh yeah. Totally, totally. Totally. Do you consider yourself a lingerie person? No. I actually
1: don't. It's weird. It's like, I've had over the years, some really beautiful, like La Perla pieces, but mostly they've been gifted to me by men, honestly, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, friends, you know, during like a birthday, you know, it's so funny coming on this podcast. I was thinking about it. I was like, Hmm, how much is the underwear that I've worn throughout the years, a reflection of my identity? And I was like, wow, it's much more representative of, you know, how I see myself or how I've been sort of conditioned by like my people then I think. I always have been into and like my friend group has always been into and the people that I kind of rolled with growing up, just super, super simple, like nothing over the top. And so my underwear has always been, my bras and my panties have always been a reflection of that. I've never been the person who's like wearing something totally elaborate, but I'll have like that one crazy piece, but it's not something that I wear all the time.
0: Yeah, I'm the same exact way. And I'll say two things. I'm also very much of a minimalist. And if I do buy anything that's expensive lingerie, it's lace, one fabric, Totally. totally thin, really well made usually in black or white Uh or Flesh toned, but I agree with you. And what's what has made me so fascinated with lingerie in particular because it's such an emotional article of clothing. And it is a marker for these points in our lives, whether it's in a macro like we're going through puberty, but I think just more about how we feel about ourselves in the very small moments and the things that we're going through or the relationships that we've had or the various roles that we played. And you know, what kind of woman do you want to be? And I think so much of that is really subconsciously defined in our undergarments.
1: I totally agree. And because, you know, it's it's a reflection of your style too. Mm-hmm. It's a reflection of just like what your style is, like what your fashion sense is, how you like, how you relate to clothing, how you relate to yourself and all of that. So yeah, it's, it, I, when I kind of look back you know and then also like the, the stages of life like when i was younger like we're talking about like you know Sex in the City like Carrie mm. was wearing like all the different color like Casabella bras and so i would totally rock those too i yeah. got like pink and like the neon green and all that. And like, let the strap like show through like my yeah. tank top and thought yeah. that was cool. Like I would never do that now, but
0: like <laughs> <I> now, <laughs> Yes, of course there's, it's influenced by style and so much of what we're talking about. It seems like things that either through media or with our friends wore, but I think a lot of it too is through the relationships because like you said, 90% of the time laundry is being bought for you. Yes. So it's kind of like, how do other people see me and how do I identify my own body and sexuality?
1: Yes. Either other people are buying it for you or you're buying it for someone. Not even for, you're buying it to wear it, but Mm -hmm. to present yourself to be a certain, like you want to be sexy. So it's like how you define sexy.
0: Yeah. And how that changes in each relationship, right? Based off of them. And this is something that I'm trying to even wrap my own head around. And, you know, I'm an actress. And I think so much about the roles that I play, But I started recently thinking about the roles that I play in a relationship and how I have changed so much through all those relationships, like even from a style perspective, right? Like I'm kind of matching with my partner and spending a lot of time with him and just sort of blending in a way that I don't even mean to, or the places that he likes to go or restaurants or bars or music venues that we go to. Like, And my style would change so much through the relationships. I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's something that everybody does.
1: I I wouldn't judge it as good or bad. I think it's just something that people do. I think people tend to do it more when they're young. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, they
1: kind of just like, blend. and then when you're older you're just sort of like okay this is my style whatever but yeah. but that being said we're influenced by each other right there's just we're influenced by our peer group people in you know are that we're in a relationship with mm-hmm. so if you're in a relationship with someone you're definitely going to be influenced it's like if they have a certain style or you guys like to do certain things you like to travel certain places right. and all of a sudden that starts to morph and change your style i mean it's all just i think it's all part of it for yeah. sure
0: For sure. I really want to get into the work that you do because you are such a fantastic relationship coach and you're really great at at talking about couples and things that are holding relationships back. But so much of what I really like about what you talk about is is the self, the work that you're doing for yourself before you get into a relationship or while you're in the relationship to take that accountability. And I want to backtrack for a second and just ask you, What is the biggest issue that you see going on right now with couples? It's
1: always been a lack of communication. Right. And so, I mean, this is just a sort of a broad thing, but it's always fear. It's always a fear of not being enough. And so the fear of not being enough makes people behave very strangely. And we get selfish and we get protective or we get needy. Mm -hmm. and we don't communicate. I mean, selfishness is a big thing in relationships, but people get so hung up over that. Like, well, I'm not selfish. I give. No, of course. Mm -hmm. It's just, we can't help it sometimes, you know, we can't help it when we're afraid or we feel like love's going to be taken away from us Mm -hmm. to protect ourselves. And we do so many weird things, so many weird projections. So it is a lack of communication, but really it stems from the fear of not being enough. And so the biggest problems I see in relationships is communication breakdown, and then people, because they're so afraid that they're not going to be enough, they close to each other. Mm-hmm. They, they become closed instead of open to one another. And in the closing, everyone has their own sort of MO of what they do in a relationship in terms of behaviorally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So much of that is not being enough or just that fear. I think of stress and anxiety, you know, a lot of the times very self-induced feelings and that create these projections that we're putting on our relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think of such a unique time that we are in right now, the past year and how that has really impacted our relationships, either for the best or the worst, or, you know, a bit of both really.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so the obvious difficulty is just especially for um, couples who have children and then all of a sudden they, you know, they don't have their routine. The person mm-hmm. who maybe there's one or both parents who would who would leave and go to work. Right. And so now they're all to everyone is together 24 seven. And culturally speaking, we're just like not designed for that. You know, we need we need distance and we need space. And so that has been probably the biggest challenge. And then another huge challenge has been that everyone reacts to uncertainty differently. And when you are, if two people are in a relationship, react differently to certainty, uncertainty, Right. So some people may have reacted to COVID by getting super, super anxious and super hyper vigilant. And then maybe someone else, the way that they deal with uncertainty is to make it seem like, oh, it's no big deal, blah, blah, blah. So it's having those sort of different ways in which you respond to the uncertainty of the times. Mm-hmm. And then if you're in a relationship and you both kind of clash in that way, like you're not in alignment that way, then that has caused a lot of fighting and whatnot. Yeah,
0: for yeah. sure. I think for myself, I look at a lot of the change in my routine, not having the physical freedom and a lot of like role reversal things and just not having the identity that I once so associated myself with. Right, The energy that I'm used to like creating myself. Like I I feel like I didn't have those things as much as I used to. And I I keep saying this, but I feel like I'm having this almost regressive behavior where I'm like reverting backwards into arguments or things or conversations that I, I might've had, I mean, like as a teenager, almost like there's this angst and tension that I feel within myself. And I'm certainly placing it on my partner a lot of the time. So much
1: tension. So much tension. I mean, there's like the few people who I've spoken to are kind of quote unquote, living their best lives during this time, but it's mm-hmm. very, very few and far between. And in relationships, yeah, it's a ton of tension. It's mm-hmm. it's again, it's the facing the uncertainty. It's the feeling restricted. It's the change in routine. People have had to make extreme changes to their lifestyle extreme and which all is, becomes reflective, as you said, of your identity, not having enough physical or emotional mm-hmm. space from your Partner, like being all t- on top of each other all the time. So yeah. So in that tension and in that angst, it's really common to then, you know, forget all the things that you've learned, you know, yeah. and regress.
0: Yeah. And bring up, I mean, things that have literally been unresolved in your life. And how do you, I think this is kind of correlated to some of the work that you do on emotional fitness, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've heard you use this phrase before could you explain what that is
1: yeah well first of all it's definitely not a term that i came up with it's been around for a long time i think i first heard it by uh tony robbins who talk mm-hmm. a lot about being emotionally fit and and people get super confused about it because they think well if i if i am emotionally fit then i have really easy breezy emotions all the time and whatnot and or I never get upset, or I never get depressed or anything like that. And, mm. and it's not that I think it's, it's more this, which is a couple of things, you know, all negative emotion really is a reaction to feeling out of control. And so there are things that that happen in our lives where of course you're going to feel totally out of control. It's normal. So I think that really the pathway, so to speak, the journey towards becoming more emotionally fit or having more mastery over your emotions, it's not about not experiencing a wide range of emotions. That's mm-hmm. incredibly important. You have to feel your emotions, but where do you live emotionally is really mm-hmm. the question that we have to be asking ourselves. Like, what is your sort of emotional home? And through that self inquiry, what will inevitably or what, you know, inevitably comes up, whether you're speaking to a coach or a therapist or in your own contemplation, is what is my relationship with control? Mm-hmm. And how well or not well am I able to let go? And, you know, letting go and surrendering is not something that at least in Western culture, that we're very good at. We're just not. We we have our attachments, which is fine. and And we like things to go a certain way. And so, mm-hmm. so much of becoming emotionally fit is not about controlling your emotions, but rather letting go of your need for control all the time. And I think that what I really want to encourage people to do is that if they feel like they are experiencing negative emotion more than they're experiencing positive, positive emotion. If every time they you know, there's a trigger big or mm-hmm. small or tiny, mm-hmm. they go into depression or they go into, you know, their anxiety, they go into their anger is really for them to explore what their relationship is with certainty, uncertainty, and control. And how well they are able to sort of let go of things mm-hmm. that are not going according to the blueprint that they had, of you know, how life is supposed to be, you know, and I think that whenever life and it could be a small thing, it could be something in your day or it could be very big, like the pandemic, whenever mm-hmm. life goes in a way that we did not plan for it to go, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, who do you become? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you behave? when you're faced with things not going the way that you plan for them to go. And so that's really where people have to start to look at how they react to stuff like that. And that's the journey towards becoming more emotionally fit is being able to adapt, right? Having like a, just a, a broader or stronger adaptive capacity to when things change unexpectedly.
0: What are some tools you could suggest to help somebody work on this?
1: Yeah. So 100%, it would be meditation for sure. I don't Mm. even care what kind of meditation it is. I think, you know, whatever people need to do, but you need like at least 20 minutes. I do 20 minutes twice a day, but, you know, 20 minutes a day to just be quiet and and Mm. you can listen to a recording, whatever it is.
0: I actually, I just started, I just signed up and started working with TM.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So doing the 20 minutes twice a day. Great. So meditation for sure, breathing for sure. I mean, it's all about raising your self-awareness and I really think ending your day and starting your day, working with your physiology. So I, you know, you don't have to do some crazy workout, but like, I don't even care if you do like five jumping jacks or like, 20 minutes of yoga and meditation, journaling, Yeah, just sort of starting your day and getting the, the blood in your body moving. If our bodies and our blood get stagnant, then our minds get really stagnant. So all of that, you know, do a little self-study, you yeah. know, whatever it is, like look into your stuff, work with a coach, work with a therapist, but get out and move your body and, and meditate would be the most important things in my book.
0: This Leads me to something that you talk about a bit, which is bonding over trauma. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it is. It's very common that we want to identify pain. Like even yeah. as an actress, it's this, this is it's this, you know, one of the most common exercises is figuring out where the pain of the person that you're playing comes from, so that you could latch onto that and understand yes. how it influences all of their behavior relationships their day to day whether that's a physical pain or an emotional pain but there's yes. just this attachment to pain that i see and yes. it's it, i mean it's it could be at the the root of a relationship or it could be something that you you figure out along the way but and and that could be a great thing of course it's a very human response. It's a very natural thing, but I think there's a point where it could just lead down darkness a bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, pain can be very, very emotional pain can be very addictive Mm -hmm. and it becomes addictive because we want to get out of it. Right. So we're like constantly like in the the sort of problem-solving vortex and trying to figure it out and trying to get out of it and thinking about it and ruminating about it.
0: Is it because we've never been able to get out of it before? Is it just, is it continuous behavior or do we want to distract ourselves with needing to get out of something?
1: No, I don't really see it as a distraction. You know, we just get really addicted to our problems. Yeah. We just get really addicted to our problems because, we t- because it's very acceptable to talk about our problems. It's not as acceptable to talk about our successes.
0: Totally. I think this is okay. so true. I mean, you're from Brooklyn. I'm from Staten Island. All yeah. we do is complain about shit. It's yeah. like- and because you don't wanna you don't wanna brag, you don't want to make yeah. people feel bad, you don't want to feel the, the guilt, it's right. the Italian Jewish guilt of every of not wanting <laughs> totally. so we just we just live in this, like totally. oh well you should have seen this, it's like that. Oh, oh, you know? totally. and I grew up in a yeah. Jewish family in the
1: city, Totally. So yeah, like, yeah, totally. So it's like the, the shooting the shit is really just talking about your shit.
0: Yeah, but yeah. just not leading us to the light or positivity. Not at all. Not at all.
1: Not
0: at all. We yeah. have to change the way we talk about shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, we, well, language has a total biochemical effect on our bodies, So we mm-hmm. do have to change the way we, we talk about our stuff for sure. Yeah. So we get really addicted to it. The only way out of the addiction is to do something for someone outside of yourself.
0: I totally agree with that.
1: It's, it's the only way it really is the only way it's way more than meditation. You just got, you got to get out of your head because when we, when we're in pain and suffering, we're the star of our own universe and we got to get out.
0: I totally agree. I, that's yeah. what, I, volunteering with animals. If that, that was my reason for getting yes. me outside of myself, focus on something that doesn't care about me. Yeah. Like, like you know what I do. Anything on the surface level, they just care about how I treat them, yeah, right? Absolutely. And like, and that's it's just absolutely beautiful. I totally agree. But in the context of our relationship and getting caught in the cycle of. Yeah. You know, talking about the same thing over and over again or harping on the same problems. How could we shift that within the relationship with our partner to to, to get out of that cycle?
1: So to get out of that cycle, you first have to look within and say to yourself or ask yourself, what is my relationship to my stress? Mm -hmm. Right. What is my relationship to control? You know, because anytime we feel out of control, we're going to we're going to experience a certain level of stress. The question is, how much stress do you carry all the time? Because the the idea of the suffering is really two stressed people coming into their relationship or entering their relationship and kind of bringing their stress to one another. And, And oftentimes I see couples like, They'll bring their like better selves to their coworkers or to their friends, and then because they feel so comfortable with their partner, then they bring their stress selves themselves stress selves to the relationship. So the most important thing in breaking that pattern is for each it's for each individual to really look at their relationship with stress to see to really take inventory of how they're bringing sort of their negativity really to the relationship, but first is really to understand what your relationship to negativity is. Like, how are you caught up in it? Are you caught up in the stress and negativity? And then the second part of it is like, how much are you bringing that to your relationship? And then the two of you are kind of like in this unconscious competition for who is suffering the most. (laughs) And it's something that we all, it's a trap that we all fall into. It's really, really easy. And so breaking the patterns, really talking about it. be like, hey, I realize I've been bringing like a lot of stress and I, I really want to handle my stress better. I don't want to bring it to you anymore. I want us, look, let's, let's talk about all the stuff that's going right. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about our dreams. Let's have
0: fun. Talking about the future is such a big deal. And I feel like a lot of people might have difficulty talking about it because it makes them feel vulnerable if that's not a conversation that has been so common in the relationship before. And I think allowing you to be vulnerable that, and that and either taking that step about the future whether it's on a macro level or just like what are we doing tomorrow night sort of thing but it really kind of takes the person to lead with that vulnerability and and to, to push themselves through it to just to guide their partner maybe just to break those habits
1: absolutely it just takes one person in a relationship to break to yeah. patterns
0: you target or you you're really talking to women i feel a lot of the time is that do you feel that way
1: yeah, no, it's funny. I always kind of felt that way. But I have like a, a pretty big as well. But yes, I do sort of have a, a sweet spot for women who mm. have low self worth or, you know, have a hard time kind of speaking up their needs. So I do definitely have, cause I have a membership for them and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about that also. Yeah. But
1: I definitely, you know, mm-hmm. men do resonate with my work as well. So it's interesting, but yeah, I do have a sweet spot for women who helping women sort of grow up and show up in their relationships. Cause there's always been sort of an emphasis on men having to grow up and really show up and be accountable and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I, as women, we need to as well.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder why women have a tendency to not. What are the things that you're seeing most common with women that are dealing with this?
1: The the thing that I see the most are just women who are, are terrified to appear needy. Mm-hmm. And so they're not actually saying what it is that they need to say. And what happens is they build a tremendous amount of resentment. So that's what I see the most with women. It's not that it doesn't happen with men, but it happens mostly with women.
0: Yeah. So it's an inability to really communicate or articulate how they're feeling because they don't want to come across.
1: Yeah. It's like they're too afraid to say what it is that they want. Mm-hmm. And so they keep their mouth shut, they become really, really resentful, mm-hmm. and then they start to close their hearts as a result of it.
0: But it's also because she's feeling closed off in a lot of ways, or she's not feeling heard. A lot of the things that you I've heard you talk about are vulnerability, and it's how more common, I think, for women to sort of lead the way with that vulnerability, to open up, to let the man in, to sort of let him know that he could speak about or talk about certain things. But how do you get to that point if she's having a hard time saying it too?
1: Well, this is really interesting. See, I see the opposite. I don't really see the women, I don't see women actually getting very vulnerable. And that's the biggest problem that I'm seeing in, in relationships today is that, especially with heterosexual relationships in particular, Is that women are trying to are only opening up once she feels 100% safe to open up to someone to a partner. And then in order to do that, she's needing them to be vulnerable first as opposed Mm. to being the one who's vulnerable, which is actually going to lead the way. So yes, you talked about women having to kind of be vulnerable to open up and lead the way, but I see women as much more emotionally unavailable than men these days.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I am so with you on this. And I think that, you know, there's the the feminine energy, the masculine energy, like we talk about this and I, you know, ideally the feminine energy has the vulnerability, but because of like societal differences, you know, like I mentioned, I live in New York city. It's caused me to be much more hardened or turned off or Uh less vulnerable. And I'm so like that. And it's so interesting that you said that because I have consistently in my life, dated unavailable, emotionally unavailable men, right? Where I'm dating guys that are older than myself, that have never been in long-term relationships, that have never been married before, like Uh quite literally unavailable. And I could just kept thinking about that I was doing it because I could change them or I was going to be the person to change Uh this sort of thing. But in thinking about it and what you said, yeah, no, maybe it was me. Maybe I am the emotionally unavailable one, which blows my mind, honestly, because I'm an open wound of availability, I Uh think. But, uh But maybe I'm not. This is really interesting to me.
1: Okay. So this, I know, it's fascinating. So vulnerability is a very misunderstood concept because people think Oh, I'm talking about myself, I'm vulnerable. Oh, I'm you know, I'm talking about something that hurt me in the past, I'm vulnerable. And certainly when you talk about something in the past that hurt you and you're kind of opening up to someone, there is a level of vulnerability to that for sure. But it's also being able to say to your partner, I love you. Or I'm so afraid you're gonna leave me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and and so many people. Think, well, that's weak. No, 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 no. That's not weak. The problem is we all have a fear that the person that we love is going to leave us. The problem is not that fear. The problem is all the shit that we do because we're afraid of that. Mm. Instead of just saying, I'm afraid you're going to leave me, or that really hurt my feelings.
0: Right. It's all in the tact, it's in the delivery. I think we all feel the same way on a lot of levels. And it's how we express and articulate ourselves. Like you were saying earlier, the woman will hold everything in and then explode over Uh something. And then that's falling on deaf ears. It's not really getting anything. So it's about really how can we effectively communicate with each other the things that we need or the visions for our future that we have together.
1: Yes. And to echo your point, but from a place where your heart is open. Yeah. Not right. protected. And I totally get it. Like I grew up in New York City. I was born and raised Manhattanite. So like part of like the tough thing and all of that, and you are saying Staten Island's part of it, but that doesn't really fly inside of a relationship if what you want is true intimacy. And so, yeah. And then it becomes really easy to be like, oh yeah, they're unavailable. Mm-hmm. And I always say, what about your availability? Like I certainly was not, when I think about the men who I've dated in my past who were just like kind of closed off, I certainly wasn't kind of leading with an open heart or leading with talking about what my needs are, or talking about my fears. I never talked about, I never said straight up, like, I'm so afraid you're going to leave me. Mm-hmm. Instead, I would revert to other strategies, like the strategies that we all do, like shutting down or controlling or neediness or whatever the things it's all to bring it back to the first point, it's all in reaction, you know, we all have a fear of being abandoned, we all have a fear of being left, we all fear, we all fear that we are, even if our self worth is on point with the person who matters the most, the person who we are, that we lay naked with at night, that's where we are most vulnerable. And yet, instead of stepping into that, we do all these things to protect ourselves. And it's all the things that we do to protect to protect ourselves that becomes the sort of war within the relationship
0: and I'm thinking about the war within the relationship, right? Everybody has disagreements, but it's how you argue in a relationship that will determine if it will last and if you end if you're going to be heard effectively. What are some really great tools that people could walk away with to? better communicate, but also like in the midst of a heated storm, you okay, know, yeah. in the fights, you know, like yeah. when fire's on, Okay, <laughs> the house so, is on fire. We have to figure out what we're doing. Yeah. Here.
1: Yeah. I'm happy to give some tools because the real problem is that it's not, the problem is not that people don't utilize the tools, the people that just don't know, they don't have the skills. We're not taught this in school.
0: We're not taught this. It's we're crazy. We're not
1: taught that. It's, yeah. it's, it's insanity actually. So if you are like in the thick of the moment, Blood is hot, tensions are high, you take a timeout. Mm-hmm. And I always, when I work with couples, even you know when I work with individuals about this, yeah. Because I work with more individuals these days than I do with couples because I prefer it. It's just kind of where my work is going. But I suggest that couples or people have a code word when they start to notice that things are getting out of control. Like maybe the code word is break, or maybe the code word is Mm -hmm. timeout, or maybe the code word is red or green. And that's when it's like, okay, stop, take a timeout, go for a walk, find your breath, take a shower, go exercise, separate for a little bit, cool off, and then come back. And it's so hard for people to do, and yet it is so absolutely necessary. It's just necessary because we talk about emotional mastery, like when you are feeling out of control like that and you start to say things, you know, you're scared, you you know, I mean, people are are just fearful in those moments and they say things that they later regret. And the things that we say, you know, in those heated moments are the things that can really break down a relationship because it's hard to forget.
0: Yes. It's hard to recover. It's hard Lots to recover. Of things. Yeah.
1: So number one would be absolutely to take a time out, And then ultimately when it comes to overall, like if you want to overall learn how to fight better or repair, because really it's about learning how to repair a fight, right? Mm. How to kind of bounce back. The best advice that I could ever give is learn how to be accountable. Yeah. Because when people are fighting with each other, they're blaming the other person for their suffering. And you have to always see your part. And it's it's very, very hard when you feel hurt or when you feel slighted, but it always takes two. Mm -hmm. And you got to be able to see your part.
0: I agree. And I think so much of that is connected and I could see why you like working with the individual rather than the couple. You know, I don't want to leave single people out there listening because we've been talking so much about the couples, but the work really is with yourself. This is all past trauma. This is all things that you grew up with. This is the relationship with your father or whomever. And it's about realizing those things and taking that accountability and then going back into the relationship or or just even working on yourself so that you can attract the kind of partner that you want to attract, if that's what you want to do.
1: Absolutely. And it's always looking into how your heart has closed. Mm -hmm. I mean, people close their hearts to one another and that's the biggest problem. That is really is the biggest problem that I see for sure. And I, what I would say to all the single people listening to this is prepare like you, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you want to be doing listening to as much relationship stuff as possible when you're single so that totally. you are you, you enter a relationship with a whole toolkit.
0: Yeah, I feel like we don't really pay attention enough to the toolkit, right? Yeah. Like making sure we have our box of tools ready to go yes. for that when we, when we do enter that relationship so that we can make it work that we don't repeat patterns because I very much believe that if things go unresolved, they will come up again. And if you're not being accountable, they will come up again. And it's taking that control. And it's so hard to do, but it's just, it is simple. It is simple. I think just doing the introspective work and realizing the part that you've played in this or or the narrative that you've been living in, in your own mind. Totally. We create, I mean, I could win an Oscar for the movies that I've created in my mind, right? Oh, (laughs)
1: totally, totally.
0: Yeah, it's really remarkable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know it is remarkable.
0: But the more that I could do that, I think it's like it's these small but meaningful steps that we need to take in order to have the healthy relationships that we desire.
1: Yeah. And and I think that, you know, so many people I work with and just people I, I've been this person too, is they are so frustrated because they keep You know, they keep repeating the same patterns or they keep having one expired relationship after the next and they can't understand why. And it's because people have the misguided belief that if they switch partners, all their problems will go away when really it very rarely I mean of course there's partners that are mismatched and ones that are more matched than others so it's not I'm not poo-pooing the fact that like you know sometimes you really do just have to switch partners but the but the reality is is that most of the time it's really about doing we have to we have to change if we want a different relationship destiny, we have to change. It's not just changing the partners, which is why statistically speaking, there's a much higher divorce rate for second marriages. And that's because people think, oh, I'm out of that marriage. I'm not with that person. It's going to be better with the next one. And they haven't <sighs> recognized that it wasn't the partner they necessarily had to change. It was themselves that they needed to change.
0: Right. What are some tips that you like to give people that are doing that self-work? in order to have a healthier relationship or to look for a healthier relationship?
1: Um, Number one, give yourself a break. If you're doing the work, give yourself a break from obsessing about it because there is such a thing as doing so much work on yourself that we become self-obsessed.
0: I live in California. Mm -hmm. Everyone's doing so much. I mean, it's a constant, you get into that. And I mean, in California, like, I just feel like it's filled with people that are just doing nothing but working on themselves all the time, which is great. But it could just, it really can get in the way. It's just, yeah, Yeah. it's like just a hamster wheel of like just self-help courses and meditations and sound yeah. baths and yeah. whatever, you know?
1: Because here's the thing, because you, you said it's really quite simple, but not easy. Here's here's really the, the crux of it. Learn how to be happy, not all the time, but understand what lights you up, you know? And it's like, it's not just happy, like, oh, like everything's great all the time, but like figure out what gives your life meaning and commit to that. And I don't care what it is because our stress is really comes from, you know, again, feeling out of control or feeling like our lives don't have much meaning. So if you're constantly doing the work on yourself and trying to figure it all out, you're not going to figure it all out. You're going to, you know, just figure out a few things, but more than that, figure out what your relationship is to control and certainty and, and uncertainty. And Try to make your life more expansive so that you your life feels more meaningful. And that, learn how to do the things, learn how to put into practice to do the things that make your life more meaningful so that you don't fake gratitude, but you actually feel more grateful. That's what's going to transform your life and that's what's going to transform your relationships. There's really not much else more that you need to do. You don't have to you know, figure out, everything that happened in your childhood, figure out what is meaningful for you. Because the thing that people do now that, you know, there's so many things that people do, the miscommunication, but the other thing, just going back to your original question is people unconsciously make it their partner's responsibility to make them happy. Yes. And then they get resentful because no one can actually do that all the time. And so then we start to blame our partner unconsciously for making us unhappy when really we have not put in enough
0: focus in making ourselves happy. We're also living in this age, and, and I'm, I'm sure it has a lot to do also with this past year, but we're putting so many roles on our partner, you know, whether they're not just our lover they're our friend they're our coach they're our mentor like we're not all these people can't be one person and I think it's Absolutely. so important to have like a disconnection from them well you're doing your own thing or you have your family or your friends or whomever to talk to to not place so much emphasis on your partner I've heard Esther Perel talking about that recently how we're like living twice as long like you know like from we can't expect, our partner to be everything in in the world to Absolutely. us. Yeah.
1: So that's spot on. So what's really important is is to be resourceful and to have various buckets where you can draw your, you know, quote unquote happiness from and fulfillment from. And right. I mean that's really also the nature of codependency is that there's two people or one person who is just looking to the relationship or the other person to fill them up all the time. And they don't have enough resources outside of the relationship to make themselves happy to everyone who's doing all the work to be better at relationship, to have better relationships. That would be the number one piece of advice I would give. Make sure that you know how to make yourself happy, have other resources, have other sources of love other than your partner. Yeah.
0: And I would love to ask in terms of being playful and expressive how do you feel lingerie plays a part in that in relationships and whether it's through something like in the beginning, of the relationship that you would do, or like to yeah. surprise them in some sort of way. But I always love using it as like a tool. Like I said, I love expressing myself in so many different ways. And I do change, you know, myself, you know, through either through my work, but a lot of the times, like in my relationships, but in a playful way, but I've always used that as a way to I don't know. Just have a bit more fun, or just change things up a bit.
1: Well, I mean, it always just depends on the couple. Because I know yeah, that, yeah. I've had partners that are just like into lingerie, and other ones that are like, "Can you just like wear like boy, like dress like yeah. a top of the way, you know?" And like wear like a little. But that's sexy
0: shorts. too. Totally. That's, totally. Yeah. Totally.
1: So I would say just switch it up. You know, like put on the little boy shorts. Or I think it's about knowing what your partner really likes and doing it for them.
0: I think that's great. And I really like that you said that because a lot of the things that I talk about so much is lingerie specifically as it relates to self-love and making yourself feel sexy. When you feel sexy, you feel confident and you can take control of the world, really. But like, I really do like the idea of doing something, like you said, like, especially as it means specifically for sex to just turn somebody on by wearing something that they like, you know, as long as you feel, of course, good and
1: yeah but you know what like sometimes it's not about you you know sometimes <laughs> seriously it's not yeah. Sometimes it's really about you're doing it for your partner because you know they love it and mm. that's sort of what I mean about I'm not saying like doing that all the time I'm not talking about being you know sacrificial or anything, yeah that.
0: but right that's
1: what I mean about kind of stepping out of the selfishness a little bit like sometimes you you put on mm. that scent or you wear that underwear because you know, it drives them wild. And maybe it's not your favorite, but you love to be able to experience yourself through their experience of you. And so you do that for them.
0: I think that's, I'm so happy that you said that. I did not think that you were going to say that. And I completely agree with you in a lot of ways. And, yeah. you know, I think looking at the lingerie industry Right now, it's very targeted to women, and I love it. And I think it's embracing every part of your body and our sizes and shapes and ethnicities I mean, everything, you know, but not losing touch of why it was made really in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like, and, and, and living between both of those things, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Absolutely. What we were talking about with how to spice things up in your relationship, if you feel like you're getting in a rut or you're, you're in this pattern of behavior or whatever it is like thinking about the other person. And this is what you really, what you said all along is like, when you're dealing with something, step out of yourself and do something for somebody else, Absolutely. which I think is really beautiful. And it's really the only way to get out of that rut.
1: It really is. It's it's the most powerful and the quickest way.
0: Before we do our little outro game, I just want to talk a bit about your membership service okay. that you mentioned, because I yeah. think this is such a great resource and tool for people. Could yes. you tell us a bit about it?
1: Yeah. So like I said, years ago, I really wanted to give something to women who are struggling in relationships because a lot of them are, and I know that men are too. It's not It's not just that women are. But I really, you know, as someone who used to struggle in her relationships and had a lot of problems with it, and, you know, I, I just wanted to create a safe space for women to talk about the things that are really that troubling them. And also a lot of women, I feel like, are so disconnected from their vulnerable sides, from their side, like they're so protected. And I really wanted to kind of help them speak up. And also keep their hearts open, it's kind of like a combination of both, and just to be accountable. So, I started this membership, it's kind of morphed over the years, and it's called the Conscious Woman. And it's really about because I think that all of the stuff that I teach, and all the stuff that really all the relationship experts teach, is like how do we become more aware, conscious beings in our lives and in relationships and with our partner. And so, I started this membership, and basically. I, you know, cause I had like three years where I was like a content making machine. I was just like, I don't know what it was like three years straight, just created so much content. And I was like, well, I need a place to put all this content. Cause it's just sitting on my computer, which is silly. So I created the membership as just sort of a place where people can just go. And it's like, you can't afford a therapist or a coach. Cause it could be very expensive. Great. Right, you come here or, you know, maybe you, you can afford it, but you want, you like me as a teacher and you want to kind of learn this sort of how what I teach. So there's sort of like a hub for that. And then what I recently added is that I get on live calls, monthly calls where I do another presentation. I add more content. I take questions from my members. So it's just really a way to stay interactive. I have a really active Facebook group where all the women are kind of sharing their stories because People need to be able to share their stories and there's so, there are insecurities that women experience so much in relationship and they don't, and they think that they're so alone. So I wanted to create a community within which women can feel connected to others and, and also get good advice.
0: That's awesome. And it's a resource that's financially available and it's, and it, and it's a community and you, you have your wealth of knowledge. I think that's amazing. I think that's a really great idea. Good for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, and and it's for a woman, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, or if you're Mm -hmm. single or in a relationship, it's really for everyone.
0: Yeah. We sometimes forget the importance of a community, right. And and feeling heard and sharing stories and experiences and knowing that we're not alone in these things and realizing that we are all human and we all have, we all suffer from the same thing. And I think that's, it's a really great way to, to connect and create a space for women. Yeah. So let's play a little fun game going back to lingerie a little bit. It's time for our closing segment. Let's keep it brief. I like to get your suggestion for a sexy undergarment or a playful undergarment or a basic one. Like we mentioned that we both like, I'm going to give you a scenario and you give me the type of thing that you would suggest somebody to wear in that particular, or you would imagine. Okay. So somebody that's single. And, but really looking to not be single.
1: <laughs> so my yeah. advice would be like, th- throw away the period underwear
0: yeah.
1: and put on anything every day that makes her feel good about herself.
0: Totally. I think that's so true. Okay. A new couple looking to explore each other.
1: Okay. Well, first I would have them a conversation about like what, what kind of turns each other on.
0: That's a great um, tip.
1: Yeah, because that's really important because what turn you know, some people like are not really turned on by their women being like, yeah. you know, in certain things. I would first have a, you know, kind of have an understanding of what really turns them on. And then I would have them go to the store, order online, like the thing that like they get giggly about.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. It would be
1: super, super like crazy erotic. Or it could be like super, super simple, or it could be like a color, but just to think sort of outside the box. That's what I would have.
0: Okay. So this one's going back to what we were talking about earlier. A couple that's just looking to spice things up and get out of the rut that they're in.
1: Okay. And we're speaking very specifically lingerie wise, right?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Do the opposite of what you normally do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if
1: you usually are like sort of tomboyish and like the underwear that you wear, like go totally crazy sexy, the, the, you know, vixen. If you're always wearing like, you know, the same sort of deal, like just do the opposite. Yeah. Do the opposite, like something totally different and surprising, almost like a role playing situation. Yeah, just go take a risk. Take a risk and totally go outside your comfort zone.
0: I think that's great advice. And last question, this is for a newly married couple, Mm. maybe going on their honeymoon, maybe just coming off of it, but this is very new, just been married.
1: Yes. It's so funny. The first thing that I, that came to my mind and I don't really know why it's just the first image that came to my mind was more like, instead of, I wasn't thinking like bra and underwear. I was thinking more like, like a silk. Yeah. Yeah like um nightgown or something or or like a like a really sexy like robe or like a silk robe or like kimonos. Type. I I don't know like that was like the first thing that I thought of
0: I think that's great I wonder what that represents like that kind of just I guess it's what I
1: thought. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: the honeymoon, but like just this couple that have just made this commitment to each other and like yeah. looking to just you know keep obviously the sex and the heat and the live and but just also like the comfort of it too of like yeah totally connecting. it's like
1: you're connecting you're comfortable like but you're wearing something
0: but like you're, something trying. Yeah. So you're trying but you're so but you're yeah trying yeah. yeah yeah I think that's very great super insightful and um could you let my listeners know where they could find you.
1: Sure. So um, just go to my website, which is my full name, dot and all the stuff with the membership and everything is there and um, Instagram at Jillian Terecki. and that those would be the two best places to find me.
0: Great. Well, thank you again so much, Jillian, for your time and for all of these fantastic tips and insight. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's Half Naked podcast episode with Jillian Tarecki. Check out her Instagram for tons of helpful videos, and she offers a lot of Q&As. And if you're looking to deepen your personal growth, sign up for a coaching session with her or one of her online blueprint workshops or courses like The Conscious Woman. And as always, you could follow us at Half Naked Podcast. We share all of the recommendations and resources from the show. And of course, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. I love to hear from my Half Naked listeners.